Well, God bless you guys. Welcome to Swerve Church once again. Hope you guys are having a wonderful day so far. It's a little bit chillier than it's been the last week. We had such a beautiful week. And also, thank you guys for being such good sports. It's like, like you come on a Sunday, you never know. We might be downstairs. We might be here. Next time, we might be upstairs somewhere. I don't know. You just you always got to, like, track with us. So thank you guys for being flexible with, with us, of course. And it's just uh, due to things out, out of our control, we had to meet here today. But thank you guys for so much for tracking with us. We're in the middle of this brand new series called Divine Direction, and it's an amazing, amazing series, and it's based on Craig's new book called Divine Direction. And this is, I think, a super relevant message series for all of us, because so often we ask the question, like, what is God's will for my life? And we want to know that, right? Don't, don't you want to know? God, what is your will for my life? I know I ask that question all the time. And so it's a super relevant message series, because it's always on the forefront of our minds. We're always constantly thinking about, God, what are you calling me to do? And so I just wanted to recap a little bit about what we spoke last week, just so that you can be caught up. We spoke about this. First, we said that, that God cares about who you're becoming before what you're doing. But so often we ask God, what do you want us to do? And God says, man, I don't care so much what you do. I care about who, who you are, who you are becoming. He cares about who before do. He cares that you're becoming into the image of Jesus Christ every day more and more. And then we also spoke about this, that God cares about why before what. He cares about why. In other words, what are your motives? Why do you want to do whatever it is that you feel God's calling you to do? God cares extremely what your motives are. He looks at your heart. And according to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 3, this is not in your notes, but we read this last week. It says this. If you, if you want to know, God, what is your will? What is your will? 1 Thessalonians 4.3 says this, God's will is for you to be holy. That's God's will. That's what he wants you to be. That's what he's concerned with. He's concerned with, are you becoming more and more like Christ every day? That's his desire for you. His desire for you is for every day to become more and more like Christ. That's his top priority. So it's who before do. All right, so with that said, if you're becoming the right who, then God will help you choose the right do. I feel like this is like a Dr. Seuss kind of novel, right? If you're becoming the right who, then God will help you choose the right do, right? So if you're becoming more like Christ, if you're seeking after him, if you're doing 1 Thessalonians 4.3, accomplishing God's will by becoming holy and becoming more and more like Christ every day, then listen, God will take care of the right do. He'll put you in the right place to do that. And the second thing, if you're driven by the right why, then God will lead you to the right what. So if our motives are pure, if, if we're seeking after God and we want to glorify him, then, then we're driven by the right why, then God's going to lead us to do the right what. And if you guys remember last week, our next step was to pray Psalm 139.23. And if you guys remember, it said this. It said, search my heart, O God, and know my heart. Search my heart. That was last week's next step, and I hope that you guys were able to spend some time in prayer and just asking God, God, search my heart. What are my motives? What is my why? God, help me see. Help me realize, Lord, if there's anything in there that is not of you and that it's out of jealousy or conceit or whatever the case is, God, just help me have a pure heart. Search my heart, oh God, and know my thoughts. And so and it might be something that you want to continue to pray this week as we add on to today's next step. Now, today we're continuing the series, and we're going to continue to seek out God's divine direction. And so we have in mind 
that as we seek out God's will for our lives, we're becoming the right who, right, before the do, and we're, we're examining our motives, right? And we're saying why. We're looking for the right why. We're approaching God with humble and repentant hearts, right? So today we want to answer the question because we're the right who and we have the right why. We want to ask, what does God want me to do? What does God want me to do? And when it comes to seeking out God's divine direction, what it really boils down to is this. It boils down to decision making, right? In other words, do I do this? Or do I do that? Do I take this job offer? Do, do I go to school? Do I finish my studies? Should I move, right? Should I, should I, should I go for, for my PhD? Should I go for my master's, right? Should I start that new business? Should I start that new initiative? Should I, should I begin that new ministry, right? And so, so oftentimes when we talk about God's will, really what it boils down to is trying to make a decision, right? God, what we're really asking God is, what decision should I make? And, of course, I found myself, guys, on countless occasions, like all the time on the precipice of trying to make a decision and asking God, God, what is it that you have for me? Because, after all, what is God's perfect will for my life anyway? You ever ask that? God, what is your perfect will for my life? We're always looking for God's perfect will. And what is his perfect plan for our lives? You know, it's like many people ask about their boyfriend or their girlfriend or their fiance. God, is she the one? Is he the one? You know, but of course, if one person in the whole entire planet marries the wrong one, then the whole system is screwed, right? So, so, so it's kind of like that, right? God, perfect plan, perfect will. And, and so oftentimes we believe that if we're fervently following Jesus, that he has to give us. God, you better give me an extreme sense of clarity, an extreme sense of direction, because I'm seeking after Jesus I'm passionately seeking Jesus, so you better lay out for me this perfect plan for my life. There shouldn't even be a shred of obscurity or confusion. But I want to read a passage from, from one of Paul's letters to the Corinthian church. All right, one of the, This was one of the churches in the New Testament that we read about. Paul wrote about a third of the New Testament, and this was one of the letters that he wrote to the church in Corinth. And what's interesting is that if you would think anybody would have a sense of direction, like a clear sense of God, God's calling and where he wants him to go, wouldn't you think it was Paul, right? After all, he was the guy like literally knocked off his high horse and God appears to him and Jesus talks to him like right there on the road to Damascus. And so you would assume if anybody in the whole Bible had a clear sense of God's call and direction, it has to be Paul, right? But I want you guys to look. If you guys open up your notes, it's the first verse that's there. Again, those notes are for you. Feel free to write on that. And take notes, write on the margins, underline, put stars, whatever. That's, that's there for you guys to keep and to write. But I want you guys to look at the language that he uses. This is uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 16. So I have it up here. You also have it in your notes. It says this. First, look at the first word. Perhaps I will stay with you for a while. Or even sped, spend the winter so that you can help me on my journey where I go, where, where, wherever I go. Right? For I do not want to see you now and make only a passing visit. I hope to spend some time with you, if the Lord permits. But I will stay on at Ephesus until Pentecost, because a great door for effective work has been opened to me, and there are many who oppose me. Now, isn't that interesting, guys? Look at the verse again. Perhaps, you know, wherever I go, I don't know where I'm going, wherever I go, you know, but I... I don't want to just make a passing visit. I hope 
that I can spend some time with you. And by the way, that's if God permits, right? If, if God says so. So isn't that interesting that even Paul was uncertain about what exactly the future held? He wasn't 100% sure what, what, was, what was lying ahead. But so often, we want to treat God like a huge cosmic eight ball. You guys remember the eight ball, that big black ball we shake? You ask a question, and you say, you know, you know, reveal to me my future. And it would tell you, yes, no, maybe later, whatever. And so often, we treat God like this big cosmic eight ball. What about this? Do you guys remember, you know, back in high school, you used to have these little origami papers, and you would write the colors and the numbers, and you would go, psh, 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 right? So often, we treat God like that, right? Okay, four, one, two, three, four, green. And okay, God, give me the answer. Right? We treat God like this big cosmic origami fortune-telling paper thing. Right? We treat God like that. God, tell me what's my future. And we were just expecting him to tell us what lies ahead. You know, so like I mentioned earlier, what it all boils down to is making decisions. Right? And Craig has this great line in the book that it says this. In the new book that, that, uh, that we've been giving out, it says this. The decisions we make today determine... The stories we tell about our lives tomorrow. The decisions we make today determine the stories we tell about our lives tomorrow. So we're asking the question, what does God want me to do? What does God want me to do? Here's what God is giving us. God is giving us the wisdom to decide. He's giving us wisdom to decide. There was a, there was a king in the Old Testament. He was the son of the King David. You guys know David. He was the guy with with the sling and the stone and the giant that fell down, that guy. He had a kid named Solomon, and Solomon grew up to be king. And one night, he makes an extravagantly generous offering to God, this burnt offering. And so God is so pleased by it that he appears to him, and he says this. He says, ask for whatever you want, and I'm going to give it to you. Now, Solomon could have asked for anything in this world. He could have asked for the riches of the world. He could have asked for power. He could have asked for a long life. He could have asked for a long kingdom. He could have even asked God to get rid of all his enemies. But instead, do you know what he asked God? He tells God, give me wisdom. Give me wisdom. And in fact, it was him that wrote in the book of Proverbs, which is known as wisdom literature, this following verse. The book of Proverbs is wisdom literature that we read. It's the book right after the book of Psalms in the Old Testament. And in it, Solomon wrote a large majority of the book of Proverbs, and he wrote this. It says this in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 7. Look what he said. Getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do. And whatever else you do, develop good judgment. Getting wisdom is the wisest thing that you can do. And whatever else you do, develop good judgment. Get wisdom. Get wisdom. And when it comes to the question of what does God want me to do, oftentimes, you know what God does? He gives you the freedom to decide. He gives you the freedom to decide. And what we want to do is seek God's wisdom. God, what is your wisdom so that we can make the right choices? Have you guys ever heard this saying? I bet you, I bet you, you've, I bet you everybody here has used it at one point in time or, or another. If I only knew what I know now. Have you ever say that before? Man, if I only knew what I know now. And what are you saying when you say that? You know, what you're saying is that you've gained some wisdom. Like you learn through your experiences, right? And man, if I wish I would have known that back then because then I wouldn't have to have experienced that. Then I wouldn't have to have gone through that, right? And so it means that you've learned from your experiences. And so for the rest of our time, I want to give you three practical things 
that you can do according to God's word in order to make decisions with wisdom, okay? So are you guys tracking with me, right? God, what is your will for me to do? Oftentimes, God gives you the freedom to decide. And so what we want to ask God is for wisdom in our decision-making, all right? So here's the first thing. If you guys are taking notes, the fill in the blank there, the first thing we're going to do is this. We're going to walk. We're going to walk. Let me give you guys some context for this. In fact, I would love if you guys would read this next verse with me together. Let me put it up on the screen for you guys. It's Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20. I bet you most of you guys can probably quote this verse by memory. Let's read it out loud, okay? Let's read it out loud nice and loud. Ready? Go. Walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm, right? Have you ever heard the saying, show me your friends and I'll show you your future, right? And that's kind of what this verse is telling us, right, in a sense. If you want to be wise and make wise decisions, then you want to walk with those that are wise. On the other hand, what happens if you walk with fools? What is the outcome? There, you know, you... Is a foolish outcome. You know, I have this very real memory of being in high school, and I had, I had a decision that I had to make. I remember having two groups of friends that I had to decide, you know, which one are going to be my friends. Who am I going to be spending the majority of my time with, right? One group of friends, they wanted to do two things. This is what they wanted to do. They wanted to hook up with as much girls as possible, wanted to hook up with as many girls as possible, and they wanted to consume as much weed as humanly possible. That's what they wanted to do. Now, they would cut class as a result of this, right? They would fail their tests. They, they would get in trouble all the time. In fact, they were even close to missing out graduation because they wanted to do those two things. How many girls can I hook up with? How much weed can I consume? Now, I had another group of friends that I, I had a decision to make, and, and those two, they also wanted to do two things. This is what they wanted to do. They wanted to dominate the basketball court, and they wanted to see who scored the highest on the latest test. <laughs> That's it. That, that, that was their focus. They wanted to play ball, and they wanted to see who beat each other, who got the higher grade. And so I made the decision to associate more with that group of friends, the friends that did basketball and studied. And, and, and honestly, guys, as I think back, I can't, even, I can't even begin to think to imagine how different my life would have been right now if I would have decided to go with the wrong friends. And if I would have decided... To, to, to make those my friends and keep their company and do what they were doing. But instead, I made the decision to avoid walking with them, to, avoid, to walk with these friends right here. I made the decision to make these group of friends my core friends that I really hung out with all the time. My life is way different because of it. In fact, I'm still friends with some of these guys. You know, after high school, you lose touch or whatever. But I have, like, one, one of the friends, we're still really, really good friends. And I tell them all the time, man, I'm just so glad that we remain friends, you know, like, High school could have been so different if I would have went another way. Now, listen, you might be here today and you desire an intimate relationship with God. You know, you wish that you could be using your gifts for, for the church, to bless the church and for the advancement of the gospel. Or perhaps you desire to have a life that's more dominated by the spirit and less, less you know, less from the flesh. You really want to have your life really dominated and thinking about the things of the spirit. You know, or maybe you constantly find yourself slipping up and dealing with regret and shame. Then I would ask you the question. This would be the question I would ask. Who are you surrounding yourself with? Who are you surrounding? Are you, are you surrounding yourself with friends that can build you up and that can encourage you 
that can strengthen you and strengthen your relationship, encourage you, encourage you and your relationship to be more intimate with God or that can pray with you when you're feeling down? Who, who are you hanging out with? Or are you surrounded by friends that seem to sink you deeper and deeper into feelings of shame and regret? Craig also says this. He says it's impossible to live the right life with the wrong friends. It's impossible to live the right life with the wrong friends. So I have to ask you, who are you doing life with? And actually, this is part of the purpose of the local church, right? This is, this is why we gather together here at Swerve, and this is why we encourage people to be a part of a local body of believers, because we gather a group of believers who practice the one another's of Scripture, and we encourage each other to grow, to becoming more like Christ. And this is why the local church is so important. It provides that sense of community, right? There's people that are on the same journey as you, right? Not perfect, right? Not have it all together, not have it all figured out, but on the same journey of becoming more like Christ and seeking God and putting him first, and you can be encouraged. But guess what? You can encourage others. You can help others. You can pray for others. And so that's why it's so, so, so important that we are part of the local church. And this is also why we do something called life groups. Right? A life group is simply this. It's simply a group of people that meets together, usually in a living room. And all we do is we laugh, we talk, we, we pray, we read some verses, we eat. There's always food involved, right? And we read some verses together. And what it helps us to do is to really foster and build relationships and to really be involved in one another's lives. And that's why it's so important. I'm really looking forward to Easter, um, the week after Easter is when we're going to be launching life groups once again we're going to do another semester of life groups and i'm really really excited for that but ultimately with god's people when you're with god's people you might just hear wisdom from god you might just hear good advice from god as everyone is seeking god together as we're all looking for god together and we're doing life with one another you might just hear from god all right so the first thing uh, that we want to do is walk here's the second thing we're going to do is this is ask, is ask. Super simple. Look at what James chapter 1, verse 5 says. It says, if any of you lacks wisdom, what should you do? You should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and then maybe he'll give it to you. Is that what it says? No, actually, no. It says, and it will be given to you. In fact, here's a prayer James tells us. I don't say this. This is what James is saying. So if you want to blame anybody, blame James. He says this. He says that if you want God to answer a prayer, pray this right here. God, give me wisdom. Because then God's going to give you wisdom. It says that he gives generously, and he's going to give it to you. So all we have to do is ask. And God is a loving father, and he wants to give you wisdom and help you make the right decisions. So you might ask, how does God, how does God give us wisdom? Very simple. Number one, first and foremost, through his word. Right? You can open your Bible every day and download direct wisdom from God, from the very words of God. And this is why we encourage everyone to spend time in God's Word daily. In fact, to help us out uh, with this series, we have the Divine Direction Bible Reading Plan. But what that means is that if you have the YouVersion Bible app on your phone, click Plans, and then search Divine Direction, and it goes right hand-in-hand hand with what we're talking about here. It's a seven-day devotional that you can read along. So while, while you, during the week, you, while you, your first thing, when you wake up in the morning, you open up the plan, 
There's a little devotional there for you to read, and there's some verses. It's called the Divine Direction Bible Reading Plan. And I would love for us as a church to be able to read through this together and spend time in God's Word. The second thing is, I mentioned this already, the local church. Because it's what I mentioned earlier, we're spending time with the people of God together as we seek Christ and try to become more like Him. In the context of these relationships, you're going to hear wisdom from God. And the third thing is this, through circumstances. Guess what happens if you make the wrong decision? You get wisdom, right? If you walk down the street and you trip on a pothole, guess what happens next time you walk down that street? You know it's there, right? You gain wisdom. You gain experience. You learn from your mistakes. So, so God gives us wisdom through our circumstances. And lastly, number four is this, through time with God, right? This is through prayer, seeking time in God through prayer. And to get wisdom from God, listen, we need to spend time with God. And this is why all the time, I talk about this all the time, and I encourage you guys all the time to seek him first. Make him a daily priority. Spend time in prayer. Spend time in God's word daily. I haven't always gotten this right, guys. I'm not going to pretend to be some kind of spiritual giant. I'm not. But recently, I've really been able to zero in on this. Before I do anything else, before I read my emails or check my Facebook notifications, like I, I open up my devotional, I read, I read my verse, I pray. Man, and it just puts me in a different state of mind. It really does. First thing in the morning, spend time in God's word and do that. Look what God's word says in Psalm chapter 32, verse 8. The Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. And when I read this, I can't help but think of a shepherd, right? In the book of Psalms, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. In the Old and in the New Testaments and in, and in rural culture, there's always shepherds. And the shepherd's job is very simple, is to guide the sheep, is to protect the sheep, is to be with the sheep. And in this verse, look what God is saying. He's saying that I'm going to guide you, that he's going to be our shepherd in a sense, and he's going to show us along the best pathway for our lives. And it's kind of like last summer I did this. I, I took the boys to learn how to ride a bike without uh, without training wheels for the first time. And uh, and I took them. I was last uh, last May, so last spring. Uh, we went out. The weather was nice, I remember. And so we took them out for the first time to riding a bike with, without training wheels. We just wanted to do it earlier. Just didn't have the opportunity to do that. And while I was training them, while I was teaching them, what I did was stand behind them. I would hold, you know, junior seat, hold Christian seat, and I would guide them. And so the picture of what God does to us is helps guide us so that eventually we can go to the right, find, find the right pathway. And the same thing is with Junior and Christian. In fact, I just want to show you two 10-second clips just to show you after I was able to guide them just a little bit. And so all it took was a little bit of guiding, a little bit of instructing, a little bit of teaching. And then eventually I, I showed them the path, the right path, and then they got the hang of it and, and they were off. And so it's kind of like that with God. He's our guide. And if we had our way, if we had our way, we would want God to jump in the seat and, and we would want the bike with the pegs, right, and just sit in the back. God, take me wherever you want me to go. If we had our way, <laughs> that's how we would want it. But instead, God guides us and he gives us wisdom. Ask for wisdom and God will give it to you. All right, so all that's left to do, we walk. Walk with the wise, right? Don't walk with the fools. Ask God for wisdom. Here's the third thing. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to decide. We're going to decide. All that's left to do is to make a decision. But so often, I know, 
I know for me, certainly it's true. So often we're scared to make the wrong decision or we want to make the perfect decision that we make no decision at all. And I don't know how many times I find myself in, in that situation. Just like, God, I want the perfect situation. I want the, the stars to line up or whatever the case is. And I just make no decision at all. But God gives you the freedom to make the decision. As long as it doesn't go against God's moral implicative, all right, then you have the freedom. All right? If God's word says this is wrong, don't do this, then you don't need to ask anybody. Okay? This is just, God's moral implicative has the last word, whatever it's in his word. But otherwise, if it doesn't against God's moral implicative, then you just have to decide. In fact, we're going to look at what Paul said again. This is in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 1. This is what Paul did. Look what he said. He said, so when we could stand it no longer, we prayed to God. And the clouds opened up, and he told us what to do. Uh, no, actually, it doesn't say that. It says, we thought it best to be left by ourselves in Athens. When we could stand it no longer, we thought it best to be left by ourselves. And how unspiritual is this, right? He simply said, hey, I, thought, I think it's just better for me to stay in Athens. There was no special call. There was no voice of God. The clouds didn't split open. He just simply made a decision. I think it's best that we just stay here. And it's the same with you. You walk with the wise. You ask God for wisdom, and you make a decision. But oftentimes, guys, we're looking for the flaming bush, like, like Moses in the desert. Or, or we want to hear the booming voice of God like a thunder, you know, telling us what to do and where to go. We literally want to be directed by like a pillar of fire or cloud like the, old, like the Israelites in the Old Testament. But oftentimes, you simply walk with the wise, ask God for wisdom, and simply make the decision. You know, a few years ago, I was on the precipice of a decision. I had to make a decision. And I wanted, I wanted to know if God was calling me to plant this church. Like I, I wanted to be so clear about this. I really wanted to know, God, is this what you're calling me to do? Do you want me to plant the church in my neighborhood? And while I wish I could stand up here and tell you I heard the audible voice of God that told me to go and do this, I can't tell you that. No, like God's direction looked more like a lot of the stuff that we're talking about today. I was seeking God through his word. I was reading the Bible. And I see that I was reading his, as I was reading his Bible, I saw that God's heart was that no one would perish, that people would come to know him, and that he calls us to make disciples and to point people to Jesus. I had numerous conversations with trusted and wise advisors, and I would ask them, do you think God is calling me and my family to do this? What do you think? And they would affirm the calling in me. And they would say, yeah, you know, I see this, or, or I see that, and I think God can possibly be calling you to do this and as i prayed i asked god for wisdom to get started god give me wisdom and, and at last i made a decision you guys know what that decision was <laughs> you're, you're sitting in it right now this, this was the decision okay god i'm gonna trust you and i'm and i'm gonna do it i don't know what lies ahead honestly i don't know what's coming tomorrow all i know is that i'm just being obedient to god right now this is where he has me right now so what are we going to do if you ask the question, God, what is your will for my life? What are you calling me to do? We're going to walk, ask, and then decide. And I would love to reread again Psalm 32, verse 8. This time I would love if everybody would read it nice and loud with me. This is the verse that we read earlier. Uh, let, let's read it together. Ready? Go. The Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. So if you're here today and you haven't made the decision 
to follow Jesus, then allow me to give you some advice. Follow him. Follow Jesus. Because God loves you so much that he gave his son Jesus to come and to die in your place for your sins. And because of Jesus' sacrifice, when you confess your sins, that Jesus Christ, and you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, you too can become a part of the family of God. If you guys take out your connection cards, uh, later you're going to have an opportunity to be able to turn those in along with your offering envelopes. So be sure to fill out at least your name and email in, in the uh, front. But in the back, turn it to the back. You guys see it says next steps? Here's the next step. I hope everybody here can take this next step. You just check that off. And if you have any prayer requests, you can go ahead for prayer requests or whatever. We read those and we pray for you during the week. But here's the next step I wish everybody here would take. It's this, to see God first and ask him for wisdom. Can we do that? Can we seek God first and then ask him for wisdom for whatever decision that we have to make or the decisions to come? Let's put God first and let's ask him for wisdom. Let's pray. God, I just thank you, God, that we, we ask you all the time, Lord, to, to find out what's your will, God. We want to know what's your will and we want you to direct us and, and guide us, God. But so often you give us an opportunity to make a decision, to help us, God, to walk with the wise. God, we're asking you right now, God, give us wisdom with the, for the decisions that lie ahead. God, give us the wisdom to make, uh, to make a decision that honors you, God. And we thank you, uh, Lord, for that opportunity. God, I want to take out a moment to pray for those who couldn't come today as well. Uh, Lord, you know their situation, and you know, Lord, what it is they're going through, God. Some people need a miracle. God, I pray you provide that miracle. Some people need an awakening. I pray you provide that awakening, Father. God, and I pray that all of us, Lord, would make it a priority, uh, God, to seek you first in our day and to ask you for wisdom and to not forsake the gathering of the saints, Lord, so we can look for you together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.